Some numbers, even large ones, have no factors, except themselves, of course, and one. These are called prime numbers, because everything they are starts with themselves. They are original, gnarled, unpredictable, the freaks of the number world. Richard Friedberg. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is the forest, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, and as far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Double special for you today. It's already, you already know it's a special episode because this is our 100th episode. 100 episodes. This is actually part 17 of our special 100-parter. Parter. Oh, and that is... Podcat Piano Cat playing a little tune in the back, trying to trying to come up with a new theme song for the podcast. That's right, Tiny Cat the Podcaster. Uh, this is I said this is a double special episode because yes, it is our hundredth episode, part seventeen of that hundred parter, but it is also a Friday podcast because I felt so bad there have been so many uh, unreliable Thursday podcasts with me just tuning in long enough to tell you all that I was not doing a podcast even though I was technically doing a podcast uh, some of those efforts were so y- you know you know we were, we were much more uh, favoring quantity and consistency over quality so if you've been with the podcast for a couple years now and oh can't believe we can say that, but it, it's an amazing thing to say. If you've been with our podcast for a couple of years, then you will know that there are definitely long breaks of, of time where the podcast's episodes have not been super reliable as far as being full, full length. You know, we always, we always aim to have full, complete episodes that usually run around an hour, unless it's scripted content, which usually aims for half an hour, 20, 15 minutes to half an hour. But a lot of the times in the past, those breaks have really come when things were not going well. Uh, this is sort of a different thing. This is more things going busy, but, they're, but, but busy in a different way, too. Anyway, uh, yesterday I actually had to go to, didn't have to, it had been something I put off for a long time. When I say put off, uh, like 12 years, 12 or 13 years, I don't know how to do the exact math. I went to uh, a health assessment at the VA, which I was supposed to go to when I got back uh, from deployment in 2009. So, and it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a screening um, where I talked to multiple people uh, that were, you know, part of the mental health program. 
And so, what can I say about that? But that I think uh, I think Pat would be proud of me. Um, I know, yeah, the fictional character would be proud of me for doing a real thing. Uh, but you know what? That is where where we really get the tie-in, the reliability of what happened this week. Uh, I think he would get it because because you know he goes to his appointments, and that's something I have not done. I actually had an appointment. 12 years ago, and I just, I just didn't go, and I didn't take their phone calls, and I ignored all their letters, and they were asking me to come in to get some stuff looked at, checked out, and I actually, I learned a lot about myself, and I actually think it was really helpful for me, honestly, so here's the weird thing, right, I'm actually going to say for me personally, it was actually pretty helpful for me to wait a decade, now here's, here's why. Um, there's definitely things that they could have probably assessed better immediately after, but also a lot of, a lot of mental health, um, assessments have to do with asking your opinion on things and how they ask the questions really shapes the kind of responses, the kind of feedback of the data they're going to get. And... I would not have been prepared to answer, and I'm not talking about like honestly or dishonestly, I'm talking about thorough enough and in a way which they would be able to have useful information that they could analyze, right? One of the things that I suffer from, and I'm not talking about like a mental condition, just my personality type, I process language very literally, or at least I think this this is a personality thing. I don't know. Maybe they'll give me a different assessment about this. But if somebody asks me a question, I usually answer as you know as as best as I can within the parameters of how I understand that question to be in sort of the most basic and straightforward way. And I often don't include extra information. I don't embellish upon the information. I don't branch out. I answer uh, directly and precisely as I can, but in issues where they are screening large amounts of people for similar experiences, they often just have sort of their best practices questions, which are usually they're hoping to lead into different optional paths of answering, not necessarily making you say a specific answer, but hoping to branch out. But then you're dealing with people too that have been working in a field where they were rewarded for being very literal too. So I'd say uh, my experience with all the different healthcare professionals was way better than I was expecting. Um, I have so far been pretty happy with the quality of service and care that I've gotten from them. The only problem being, and it's, this is not the fault of any of the healthcare workers, uh, just the, the over-exhausted, over-exhaustion of resources. There's not enough of them, and they don't have enough resources to handle the huge amount of, of patients and clients that are assigned to them. Um, that's not an easy fix. It's not necessarily anybody's fault, other than just it's a tough system and it's a burden put on a part of the healthcare system that really shouldn't ever be placed 
on a society. To put that kind of pressure of having a huge pool of the population that has to specifically go through uh, an extra subset of healthcare because of problems created by a job that they all had is a huge burden that, that gets put on all of society. It draws away these healthcare professionals from serving the general population because now they're working in this organization that has to focus on a group that is now more susceptible to having certain kinds of problems or not. Um, there is a lot of uh, stigma associated with both the healthcare system in general, uh, the veteran healthcare system specifically. And I want to uh, give credit where credit is due and say that individual experiences may vary. I have been extremely pleased with the individuals that I have met and worked with so far. Most, most of them being people that I've only met one time, but they have all been very kind. I actually have to say one of the things I was so interested in about the experience I had yesterday was several times they brought up uh, that they were, I don't, I don't remember the language that they were using, but there's, they were said, it, it was something along the lines of assessing the whole person for the context of the issues that they were looking for specifically, taking into account uh, things like outside, um, not necessarily outside uh, forces, but but yeah, uh, different different conditions about me as a person, um, personality maybe, background a little, a uh, physical experience, mental recollection, and things like that. So they were not, they were, they were trying to assess a physical and or psychological problem or possible problems or symptoms, but they wanted the context of uh, a little bit broader cross-section of my life than just the moments that they were specifically looking into. Which I think right. is a real, yeah, exactly. Well, that was one of the best parts when, when uh, one of the, the doctors, um, no, I guess the doctor, because they had different roles, but there was like a physical doctor, doctor uh, guy there who said he liked to give bull riders a hard time because he was a horse, horseman himself. Um, horseman, that's not a term, right? He wasn't a horseman, he was, he was a horseman. He, he rode horses, and he always said he made fun of bull riders because he said, uh, where did they expect to get to on a bull? Nobody ever saddled up a bull to go anywhere except uh, falling off of them. Um, not, the, not the smartest thing I've ever done in my life, but uh, hopefully not the stupidest thing ever. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that was my experience, and I, you know... Um, these are not things that I wanted to do. And I'm saying that in terms of like, you know, nobody wants to spend their time. Nobody wants to have to be in a situation where they, they do these things, but it is important. And, um, if I had known that, that going outside the box, maybe a little bit, uh, 12 years later, I might've been able to do it a little bit sooner 
because if you don't go to the busiest one, if you don't go during the middle of the war when everybody else is going as well, um, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier than it has to be in certain situations. If you go to a smaller town, um, or you, there's, there's options. Or I don't know, maybe it was just a day when it was slow in a small facility too. Um, but like I was saying, the good things about waiting waiting a decade is that I had had an opportunity to talk a lot of these issues out uh, with counselors and uh, important people in my life prior. So I was also not going in having to discover everything for the first time there. There was definitely uh, revelations that I made in the moment. Um, there was definitely things that sort of appeared uh, and and made themselves known there. Uh, but I'm, I'm just talking about myself now for a real long time. And we all know this podcast isn't about me. It's about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Um, I, I do have to say I'm glad that uh, I don't have any... One of the things they asked me about was if I get angry, 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 if I get angry easily, irate, or short, um, that is one of the few things that I really don't uh, consistently, and I and that's a thing that I've wondered about whether that's a personality thing or if that's a thing where that there's different effects that life events have on you that sort of shape you to be that kind of person or maybe uh, a mixture of them or can we learn to transition and be better if we are those kind of people that are irritable or short on different things because think about um, think about uh, Pat's journey through Silver Linings Playbook Let's go with the movie, because the book has a slightly different trajectory, but it also starts in a different place. It, the, this is one of the things that I have talked about many times on the podcast that I find so fascinating that they sort of make some adjustments about what Pat's experiences and what he's suffering in the movie compared to the book are. And part of that is because like he is going through... Uh, Memory loss plays a, a much bigger role in the book. In fact, it's much more about a man that feels like he is transported through time because he doesn't recognize the present, but it's not necessarily completely uh, a mental problem in the book because he has spent five years. He's spent five years all locked up, and so it is like a different experience. Or him. I forgot to mention, too, that the, the quote at the beginning of the podcast was by Richard Friedberg, who, uh, if you're not familiar with that name, I'll be honest, I was not familiar with that name, but when I looked him up, I was like, I should be. Well, no, I shouldn't be, because there's no reason I needed to know these things, and, and people uh, don't necessarily know, um, you know, important uh, figures from history we you know more know more celebrities and stuff and i'm getting to the point where i don't even know them but anyway he was a uh, theoretical physicist who contributed to a wide variety of problems in mathematics and physics some of the most notable things he worked on mathematical logic number theory solid state physics general relativity particle physics 
quantum optics, genome research, and the foundations of quantum physics. So that's some heavy hitters from the math and physics world. Um, even though I don't know what most of that means, I have heard them before. So it is talking about things that I know of. Um, th th yeah, even if I don't know them. Uh, and so if he had not ever existed and studied and worked on the things that he did, then there probably would have never been the show Quantum Leap. So I think that's probably his greatest contribution. Even greater because, you know, I was talking about we don't know the, the important people that make contributions to society, but how much enjoyment have I gotten out of the TV show Quantum Leap, even strengthening my friendships with certain people that are also fans of Quantum Leap. So maybe Mr. Dr. Richard Friedberg, actually, okay, so I don't technically know he's a doctor, I'm assuming, so he probably, he probably is, if it's as a theoretical physicist, you know, scientists are doctors, right? Uh, but, you know, maybe the greatest contribution that he had was bringing people together. We don't, I didn't know who uh, Richard Friedberg was, but I do know who Scott Bakula was, and I do know who Dean Stockwell was. So, you know, who's to say who makes a bigger contribution in the world, actors or scientists? Maybe, maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's combined, you know? I've talked about Silver Linings Playbook and how this is the most important thing to, to the podcast. And this has brought people together. Um, just like there's a huge fandom for different, for basically everything. There was a new, there's a new D.B. Cooper documentary on Netflix. It's a documentary series. Uh, I watched the HBO one. Um, or I'm not sure if it was an HBO one, but it was on HBO uh, a couple years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, one of the things that was in this, this HBO series, the Netflix series one, was that there's a whole D.B. Cooper festival convention where people get together and they discuss theories and stuff. And not only am I considering... I think there definitely needs to be a quick con, not a con, um, quick, you know what, it's actually, it's really good that I have this conversation because quick con now sounds like I would be committing a crime, which, or having a crime convention, which is not what it's supposed to be, which actually, this has reminded me of something else now, too that um, there is a documentary series, I think this was on Apple, actually, called The Big Con, C-O-N-N, which is a crime documentary, a true crime documentary, from the people that made the uh, McDonald's Monopoly documentary. And it's pretty good. It's not as good. It's definitely a little longer than it needed to be. It's, it's one of those, there are the sort of stretched it out, I believe, to four parts. 
And it probably could have been two parts, maybe one long one, but uh, it's very fascinating and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's, there's conventions and communities, and I know we sort of dropped off a little bit. We were supposed to try to solve the Black Dahlia murder case. I was actually doing a little bit of research about that today. When I say research about that, I was not really researching the case so much. I did Google to see if there was any updates since we had started looking up suspects and I got distracted because I went on the FBI uh, website and looked at their list of the biggest um, cases, the most high profile cases that they've been involved in and then got sort of lost in, in looking at, at all of those things, most, you know, all the famous cases, um, you know, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Al Capone, you got all the, the original, the classic, old, old-timey gangsters. Uh, there was a lot more um, uh, things that were like way darker back in, you know, I'm going to say anywhere from the 20s to the 50s. I don't think people realize how much uh, really violent crime there was. And I don't know if that has affected uh, media or like it's, it's, I don't know. I just recommend if you're interested in true crime, go to the, go to the FBI.gov and look at their list of what they consider the most high profile crimes that they have been involved in. There's a lot of interesting, what I believe probably somewhat revisionist history, but also, you know, um, cause I think they reframed some of the stuff that was like older that maybe they wanted to put, uh, a better spin on them. Like as any organization, like even non-governmental organizations, any, any organization, nobody's going to put on their own website information that would make them look bad. But it is really interesting cause like modern day, uh, they deal with a lot more spy, spy stuff, um, and organized crime, and back in the day, uh, it, was, it seemed like a lot more violent. So it's actually really interesting to look at those trends to think that they might actually be very different and opposite, contrary to how we think the trends are going based on how media and news portrays things going on now. Um, but, yeah, that actually... Um, oh, I don't know how I got into this, but I wanted to talk about something that I researched for today's episode two uh i well well here's how it started right i had the quote about prime numbers from one of the guys that was probably you know studying and researching that number theory but but the quote that i had in my head that i thought of after that came up was Prime numbers? I can't believe it. I didn't see it before. Uh, which is a quote from the character Levin from the movie Cube, which is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, even And so so I got lost in this whole trying to figure out, there's got to be a different name. It's not... If you've seen the movie Cube, and I've definitely talked about the movie Cube before, it's... I don't think it should be called a horror movie in the traditional sense of what is a horror movie. It is definitely a psychological thriller. Um, it is a suspense film. Uh, but is it a horror movie? I mean, like, kind of? I guess it probably, from a writing perspective, 
fulfills the writing conventions of a horror genre movie. It's pretty interesting, though. There's there's a real... There's this specific genre of film. I'm not sure if genre is even the right nomenclature for this type of film. I'm just going to start sort of describing something that I like. And I think people will understand what I'm talking about, right? So... What I'm talking about that I really enjoy, and there's not a lot of very highly rated versions of this. Um, I like movies, and this is a really weird way to describe it because I'm just sort of describing the plot. And it doesn't have to be specifically this plot, but this is the main plot where I can sort of capture what I'm trying to talk about. Movies where a group of strangers wake up together and have to figure out what their connection is and often are escaping some dangerous situation or circumstance or solving a murder or getting or escaping uh, from someone or something, some dangerous situation. Uh, Cube is definitely one of these movies. In fact, it was probably one of the first that I identified not not the first example of this from film history, but sort of the first time when I was starting to realize that I liked this very specific kind of movie. I mean, these are mostly, these are often horror movies. It's, you could say it's sort of a trope of the horror genre, but there's this weird connection and interest that I have in this genre that um, is not necessarily directly related to uh, the the genre. I know that I said genre several times now, and it's getting confusing. I got a pretty cons- I know I'm not alone on this. So when I tried to Google if there was actually actually a uh, genre already, and I, I typed in movies where people are trapped together in a room and there is actually an imdb list it was just a user created list but it means that i am not alone in sort of knowing that this is an element of a movie or story or tv that i you know really sort of specifically enjoy maybe even more specifically than just horror or psychological thriller so this is a movie list it was curated by uh, IMDb user Blue Raja 2 and the title of the list is Movies with People Trapped in a Room Together. The description is a list of movies and TV shows, games, where one or more people are stuck somewhere under mysterious circumstances. Usually they're strangers trapped in a room who need to figure out why they're there and or discover a way out. I've intentionally only included movies with Twilight Zoney psychological thriller vibe or, ever, or else every... Random horror film would fit. I also included movies where everyone disappears, since that seems to fit a similar thriller mystery vibe. So this person didn't actually say horror at all. They said every random horror movie would um, be included. So yeah, so maybe this needs a name. <clears throat> um, apparently this list uh, gets updated a lot. It was originally created in... Uh, 12 June 2018, but it's been updated 
as recently as one month ago today, and it is August 2022. So I don't think this is in order of goodness, but I think it is just a complete list of everything they could think about and identify that they felt was appropriate. Uh, there are 67 titles on this list. The first one is a video game, Kaiokujin Dasutsu 9 Jikan 9 Nin 9 no Tobira. I don't know what that, if I said, I, I probably didn't say that at all. It has an 8.6 rating on IMDb, and it is a video game. Um, I, I'm not going to go into that because I, I don't know how to rank video games on here, and I don't know if I, I don't personally know if I would enjoy a video game based on this premise, but I do enjoy movies based on this premise. I'm going to skip the next one, too, because I can't pronounce that one. Actually, the, it's something Dangan, Dangan Ronpa, uh, colon, Trigger Happy Havoc, 2010 video game. All right, number three on the list, but the first movie movie to appear on the list, which actually makes a lot of sense, Cube, the 1997 movie, which made me think of this altogether, which has got a 7.2 rating. And something that's really interesting, and I'm super excited to discover about today, there is rumors that Lionsgate might make a fourth Cube movie, but also there is already a fourth Cube movie that I just found out about a few minutes ago. If this seems a little disjointed, it is probably because it is, because I had recorded a full half an episode earlier in the week. I was trying to give y'all a bonus episode because I've been so bad about giving episodes. And, and um, can you imagine, I'm the kind of person that gets all ambitious. So I had, I had basically done the least possible work on Thursday, having a non-episode episode. On Friday, after that, I got all excited and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a whole extra one and get us a little bit caught up on the numbers. Well, here I am Thursday of the following week, now not even having done a full episode for this week. So what you're gonna get is the half, I am not even professional enough to go back and listen to the half an hour that was already recorded and find out what I was talking about. I don't remember. So I'm just as excited to hear the podcast that I sound like I just recorded, but actually recorded a week ago. That's why this podcast really is. This is just a internet, an electronic record of my mental state over the last two years. Because that is what last week, this week, the now and forever is. I probably feel like I was talking about something really important. I bet last episode was the most important episode that there ever was. I bet we solved the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, I did. Okay, before I go, though, one thing. This is exciting. Um, this might be... Uh, I, I just saw... Uh, okay, so we are watching Better Call Saul, and uh, no spoilers. I know y'all have probably already finished it, but we are uh, about halfway through the series, I think, season three or four. No, four. We finished, we finished three seasons. We're on the fourth season. Um, so that's pretty exciting because that is an amazing show and it's definitely ramping up and we're already sort of excited to look forward to what is Vince Gilligan going to do next. Uh, of course, he was the 
creator of Breaking Bad and one of the uh, writers. Um, was he one of the creators? He was, uh, he was responsible for the X-Files or something. So uh, I did see an article that, that um, you know, I don't, I don't need to be reporting on this like news because I'm not a Hollywood gossip podcast or something. But yeah, he's, he's working on a pitch for his new project that, um, so of course, because his batting average is like 100 right now. No, not 100. Batting average of 100 would be really bad because it's thousandths of a point out of one. So 100 would be one out of 10. That would be a pretty bad track record. That would be well below major league and even minor league standards. If you had a batting average of 100, 100 uh, you should, you're not a baseball player. Um, or you might be a pitcher. I guess, I guess pitchers uh, could have a batting average in the hundreds. I, um, wait, you know what? I used to, I, I hate this. I love baseball so much. And I always think of myself as loving baseball, but I'm not even sure. Do they still differentiate that only the, the Amer Never mind. I'm getting into something. This is not a, you all know this is a podcast about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, uh, and not about baseball. And not really meant to focus on anything else. Sometimes we do dabble in other little things. It's Dragon Con this week, too. So go back last year, because last year I was actually official media at Dragon Con, and I put a pretty fun video up there. Not really that fun. Again, one of those projects that I got all excited about, and then when we got there, me and Matt, um, I was basically too scared to actually talk to anybody. So we interviewed uh, like the three people that I had gone with and one random person that one of them actually got to come get interviewed. So that wasn't even something that I can, anyway, I don't know. Now I'm, I didn't mean to even do this much rambling. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks, thanks for tuning in. I hope I didn't leave the last part of the episode on a cliffhanger. Uh, but if I did, maybe I'll actually go back and listen to it and finish it because that would be something great. Oh, I got in. Did I? Oh my goodness. I've lost so much track of time. I don't even know if I gave the big news from last week on that podcast because I have no concept of when the big news was. I'm going to, I've, I've got to, I've got to sign off on this because I am relatively excited that this was a decent effort. We're going to have most of an episode this week on time. And next week, I'm not going to make any promises because I've never been able to fulfill my podcast promises. Um, but uh, next, next week, tune in for hopefully a more coherent, uh, you know, and on track episode of the Silver Linings Playcast. You know, as far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. And we will keep doing this. Tune in uh, this week, which you've already done. And next, why does my outro sound so weird? Why, why is this thing that I've clearly said over 216 times now over the course of this podcast history, and I'm not even remembering how the outro goes. Was it, tune in this week and every week, why would I, have I been saying tune in this week every week? Is there 216 times that I've said tune in this week at the end of a podcast, which 
if one listened to the end, it could be assumed that they already tuned in. Who is going to tune into a podcast? Also, tuning in, why am I saying this is not radio? This, I, this is how behind the times I am. This is a podcast. Log in. Log in this week and every, download this week and every week. Why, I'm saying tune in. Uh, maybe that's because I've been thinking about, uh, Katie and I were talking a lot about um, old music videos. So, oh, that would be a fun topic for next week. We could talk about some of the greatest music videos uh, that were music videos because we were talking about how music videos used to be like an art of music videos. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, a cameraman who was zooming in and out really quickly of a band while they walked around, which... Um, no hate to that. Like, that's cool, too. Like, that's, that's a lot of fun. If you get to that stage in, you know, your, your career where you're able to, to do that, that's awesome. I would love to have a, uh, a band one day. I do, actually. Gibbs, okay. To, you know, do whatever one does to a podcast, which we're going to assume you've already done this week. And if you enjoyed it, do that same thing next week and every other week as long as we uh, decide to keep doing this for all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. And until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is the forest. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast.